This is Fintech Cappuccino, your Saturday morning podcast with a pinch of espresso on the why and how of Fintech. The show is hosted by Brian van Wachem, CEO of RedSnap, and I'm Connie Dorstein, founding partner of Bankify. Hey, met Connie. Morning, Connie. How's life? Oh, life's busy. Uh, the usual. Nothing new. Hey, um, talking about podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, at Shibos, we talked about embedded banking, the new craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or old wine in new bags. <laughs> I'd love to explore yeah. the topic, uh, Brian, but then, 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 then we must really focus on the how-to, I think, uh, perspectives. Uh, rather than, than the why and the strategic stuff. What do you think? Well, you know, if you really uh, want to why, uh, or the how, sorry. Uh, yeah. In that case, we need to invite two guests, actually. Um, maybe a financial service provider and a company that offers those services inside that channel. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's go find a good... Uh, a good fintecher and a, an open-minded bank. <laughs> Let's go. I'll call, it. I'll call you back. All right. Cheers. So, why, what makes this the perfect Saturday morning song for you? Yeah, I'm a hockey coach of my daughter and she's nine year old. So normally I'm in the car with nine year olds on the Saturday morning and they determine the music and they, they play this. Uh, and they play this tunes. song. So yes. I can just picture you sitting there with a bundle full of young screaming women. So that must be uh, the highlight of your week. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that gives the most energy that, that takes me into Adoration the next week. and energy. Hey, and Thomas, and um, looking back at the last uh, week, uh, which innovation or development uh, uh, caught your eye inspired you um, well I think uh, I did some old innovation uh, actually I did some Lego for adults okay, okay. so I, I w- went uh, in the evenings after work I started to build a little uh, Darth Vader figure so that was a personal innovation yeah. from a business <laughs> perspective uh, to also to, to make the link towards the embedded services and my scope I think um, it's been a long time coming, but uh, what was interesting, interesting to see is that now we see uh, Agen and Molly also entering the lending market for SMEs, which is typically our sweet spot. So that's uh, interesting for the future. Ah, okay. And you see that as a competition? or uh? Obviously, it's competition. Um, but uh, as an innovator in the bank, I think it's good that we have some competition. Yeah, no competition, no market. Thomas Horn is a digital strategist and product manager at Rabobank in the Netherlands. Having started at the bank as a trainee, he left for a two-year consulting spell at KPMG, only to return in the year of PSD2 and Open Banking 2018. It is therefore no surprise that embedded banking is part of his business remit and he works with fintech partners to make this possible for the many business and agricultural customers at the bank. His counterpart today, Hessel Kuik, is a serial entrepreneur. And today he's here as the founder and CEO of Biscuit, a Dutch SME fintech offering everything a small business owner needs. Peace of mind, allowing them to run their financial affairs from one single app across a range of banks and ERP packages. Recently, Biscuit launched invoice financing with the aforementioned Rabel Bank. And this is exactly the embedded banking journey we will discuss in the next half hour. 
Thomas, welcome again at our coffee table. We're going to talk about embedded services today. Um, but first of all, so embedded banking, embedded payments, embedded finance, that's all much of the same. Or what do you mean exactly by embedded services? It's a fancy term, um, but it can be really simple. I think the most uh, common, uh, famous example is the payment journey that uh, people have in Uber. So when you uh, pay for a taxi, or actually you don't pay for a taxi in Uber, you just get out of the car and the payment is serviced within the Uber app. Um, and this is obviously connected to your credit card. And this is, I think, a really practical example of how people are uh, experiencing embedded services, embedded financial services. So it's about making a financial product available in everyday life uh, for consumers, but also for businesses. So where a business actually runs its business, we also want to be present with services that are important for them. All right, oh, that's clear, that's clear. Hey, and besides uh, Biscuit, which we're going to discuss uh, at length, I guess, uh, today, um, what other examples do you have of embedded services within the Rabobank, which they offer uh, to maybe the agricultural community? Uh, well, I think uh, a good example is that we also offer uh, bookkeeping services in a term that we make sure that we uh, can service bookkeeping companies uh, and, and make sure that they have access to uh, the transaction data for SMEs and also for farmers. So we have connections with a lot of bookkeeping systems, which are used by our clients, the SMEs and farmers, and to really uh, optimize that uh, usage of and the experience of those products. We also make sure that we have a very good service available of delivering all the transactional data that is important for their businesses to do their administrations, and but actually in the administrative software. Yeah, just a critical point from my view. I, it's just a pity that a lot of the old bookkeeping systems are incredibly poor online. You really have to look at the, the real new ones to get a good experience. You know, all the ones that are sort of opening up their APIs, whatever, I've tried them all pretty dramatic in, in real terms. But anyway, on that very positive note, I was reading uh, recently and uh, Jeff Scallop wrote on Medium, uh, having been to Money 2020 in Las Vegas, fintech is dead. And then, of course, you immediately catch the attention of the world. And he basically said banks and fintechs are eating their customers' lunches and they call it embedded banking. I love this cynical view. The clear loser, he says, he is the customer. For in these collusion models, joint ventures can drive up the prices rather than down. Hessel, how would you react to that? Well, I don't agree. <laughs> no. Tell me then. <laughs> no, I think uh, the embedded services are the same services that were available before, but in an easier way. Uh, but the services are still available in the way they were before. So if the new services don't add value, then customers can stay on the old ones and there's no uh, right to exist for the new services. So I think it's a win-win model, both for the service provider, as for the platform, as for the customer. Yeah, uh, but, but to my point, and I actually, to a degree, I, I sort of um, uh, agree with him, but at the same time, yes, uh, you can only drive the price up if there is a, is a market, and if the market's big enough. But what you do often see is that a new service comes available, and I'm sure you've had this experience yourself. You think that's a great idea, you buy it, you you start using it, but you forget to cancel all the old costs and the old ways of doing things. So um, in uh, the embedded model of uh, Biscuit and Rabel Bank that I firmly believe in, I think it's great for the business customer. What can he cancel when he starts going to the Biscuit model? If you look at the embedded lending proposition, it's basically getting a loan. It's a transactional model, so it's not something you have to cancel. We see it 
uh, used the other way around. It's uh, used in a recurring way. Once you've tried it and it's, it's a, a good solution for you, you can easily use it again. Um, and that's also where the collaboration fits in because in the Biscuit platform, you connect your bank, you connect your bookkeeping system. You already have all the data and that makes it very easy to use uh, the, the lending service offered by Rabobank. You don't have to enter any data. Um, but but again, it's it's transactional, so you can use yeah. it whenever it's it's whenever good for it's you. needed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'd like to add to that that I think for us it's a goal also to increase bankability of SMEs, and that's not just a hollow phrase. With invoice financing, we actually have a product uh, which we can leverage data that is not within the Rabobank platform, but for example within the Biscuit platform that we can use to make an unbankable SME bankable, and we can provide them access to capital. Yeah. So it really spe- uh, helps us accelerate increasing the access uh, to financing for SMEs. And uh, what's in that for Rabobank? Is it an image thing in the sense that you really stand up for your business customers, you do more for them? Or is it also... Um, I, I wouldn't d- call that just an image thing. I, th- I would uh, call that... Uh, uh, in Dutch, you would say "dat bij het woord voegen." Yeah. Uh, so I, putting money yeah. where your mouth is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the most important uh, uh, driver for us. Yeah. All right. Well, well let, let's zoom in the Biscuit uh, Rabobank case, right? Because our listeners uh, love stories from uh, the trenches, and I'm I'm very curious about, you know, you know, from the idea to to the realization, the process around it. So uh, it's it's basically a question to the both of you. Um, Can you say something um, about this whole process, starting with the idea? Uh, Did it come from Biscuit or did it come from Rainbow Bank? (laughs) Um, You know, what was the executive sponsorship? So what do you need uh, to get successful and get this done basically, right? Basically, when was the first date? (laughs) Um, Well, I stumbled upon Biscuit as a business uh, during another innovation project. So I was really inspired by uh, Biscuit's uh, business model. Also firmly believe in it. Um, And I also think it's uh, uh, a partner for us that could help us innovate uh, or accelerate other innovations. So while I was working on this new product, Invoice Financing, we were also looking into the opportunity to embed services elsewhere. Uh, And then I just called up Hassel and I thought maybe this is an interesting use case. And we started uh, sparring and uh, well. Yeah, so yeah, I agreed immediately because this fits right into our strategy. And we're, we're building a platform that makes the lives of entrepreneurs easier and that bundles everything that's relevant for the entrepreneur in one platform. And getting a loan is obviously one of the things that is uh, very relevant to entrepreneurs. Uh, we were already working with Rabobank uh, on other initiatives already since 2018. Uh, it started with PSD2, even before PSD2, because we had the PSD2 integration completely working with Rabobank before the law was even there. Then we had to pull the plug because it was suddenly illegal when the law was there until we got our license later in uh, 2019. Yeah. Um, and the uh, new integration with bookkeeping kis- systems that Thomas mentioned, we already uh, have a partnership also on that part. So this was an addition to, to the things we were already doing together. And um, 
Yeah, so it, it started at the beginning of, of this year. So, so, so what, what, who did you have to line up within the Rabobank to actually get this done? And I'm thinking about what kind of executive sponsorship. And you, you've got, of course, all the, 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 the gatekeepers, right? Like compliance mm-hmm. and legal. And, and So how did you manage that? Procurement. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's a long route. Uh, you have to have stamina. It's, uh, it's like more of an endurance activity, I would say. Um, but if you firmly believe in your goal and if you're bold and if you dare to do to drive innovation in a company like Rabobank, then ultimately you will get the, uh, the executive sponsorship. You will uh, make the, uh, others, other people see what's the value. Mm-hmm. Um, well, give us an example. I mean, like, who, who did you have to convince? I mean, do you go have to go all the way up to board level or do you have a, a broad bandwidth in which you can operate in your innovation space quite yeah, well, independently? We, we, within Rabank, we're quite smartly uh, organized in terms of innovation. So uh, I'm a strategy lead for embedded lending uh, and yeah. with our team, we um, we well we devise a plan on how to grow embedded lending services for Rabobank and for SMEs, uh, and the innovation board, which is the highest innovation uh, or the the highest uh, board that that um, makes decisions about innovation uh, budgets, uh, approves of, of of that plan, and that's a multi-year plan. And within that plan, we have the freedom to uh, experiment. So I do not have to go again towards uh, the board for a smaller experiment or one single partner case. No. So there is some autonomy there. Because, of course, and that is always the problem, eh? and, and I find it very exciting, But and, and you will recognize as well if you work with banks, they all want to innovate. And for all the right reasons, they also want to see business plans. But we also know that innovating is crossing a Rubicon. You cannot predict what you cannot predict because then it wouldn't be innovation. So how uh, how do you both deal with that? Because you obviously had to work together, uh, Hessel, had to put the numbers together, so to speak. Yeah, for first, the decision making is a lot simpler. We are a smaller company. We're, we're with 25 people. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we did have quite some discussion about the, the targets, but we agreed that there were other, and in this phase, even more important yeah, targets yeah. than uh, ARR revenues. Or uh, So the innovation itself, making it work, experimenting, learning, these were the primary objectives of, of this first phase. And I think we uh, we succeeded and we're not not done yet. But there, no, there were no KPIs attached to that. Um in, in the first phase on, on the commercials, no. Okay. Hey, and how long does it take from idea to uh, realization? How long does it take? Um, from idea to realization to go live, that, well, that, that took a while because uh, forming the idea, selling it internally, I think that's half of the time we needed uh, to get the idea uh, live in any case. And that's yeah. not due to Biscuit. Uh, that's due to processes in the bank, mm-hmm. uh, processes we, we tried to accelerate. Yeah, sure, um, sure. Hey, and uh, but uh, quite long. So how long? I think in total, uh, since the first date uh, until successful marriage, so to say, I would say uh, over nine months uh, from ID to really reala- realizing it. Well, that's a reasonably good idea in yeah. human relations, anyway. To sort of date, you know, check each other out for about nine months. I think that's that is not that's not ridiculous at all. But if, just for my understanding, so you bring you work in innovation and you bring together. Three parties, like the business line, the people who have to deliver the numbers at Rebo, but also product management, probably, yeah, from the lending side. It's and all innovation, within our team. All of those. So, so we, so we uh, made a fully equipped innovation team. So I have strategists in the team. We have designers, developers. We have the, the people thinking about uh, the numbers. Um, 
what we do not have because it's obviously a second line uh, uh, of defense priority for the bank is uh, the compliance legal risk uh, structure, which is challenging us, which makes it hard, but it's also uh, for the greater good. good. It's for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. And was it a galvanizing experience to go through the whole legal end or was it much the same of what you do with all your partner banks or uh, yeah we, we are a licensed payments institution ourselves so we're up to the challenge uh, with regards to security and privacy and, and these things um the, the, the i think building it was the biggest biz, biggest effort the contracting phase was yeah. uh, quite okay unexpectedly though because yeah. we also thought banks were pretty complicated and uh, maybe nine to five also but uh, it was quite the opposite uh, i think the teams yeah. have worked uh, evenings and uh, weekends too to get this to work so yeah. we were impressed uh, yeah and I'm, I'm curious about the uh, go to market also you, you have something now together so do you have plans on co-marketing go to market together i mean what's the whole commercial model can you shed some light on that one because obviously small company big bank how you know how does that work i think for me the 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 bank has a lot of customers it has a great brand it uh, has a lot of trust as a fintech we can build things very fast we can innovate faster and the combination is is very powerful Uh, and we're working together we're doing a lot of joint marketing on socials uh, podcast for example speaking together at events uh, quite a lot uh, so that is yeah, actively worked on. And how does it work then? Is it like Rabobank offer the services or is it Biscuits? How, how, how do you position this in the market? Well, it's embedded lending. So it's Rabo service via our platform. So we have the customer. The customer works in the Biscuit app. And if the customer, it's, it's our customer. And when the person starts to use embedded lending, it also yeah. be, the person also becomes a customer of uh, Rabobank. If, if the person is not already a customer of Rabobank. But that's a cool thing also about this proposition. It's also available to non-Rabobank uh, customers. Which is the whole idea of open banking. Exactly. <laughs> Full circle. Um, on that note, huh, the customers on board... Um, who owns the relationship? So if something goes wrong in that area, uh, let's say that, uh, I don't know. Um, the money got, can't get through, right? Alone. The money doesn't get doesn't, through, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get through on time, whatever. <laughs> who, who is sort of, who's the entity people turn to and who is the responsible ent- entity? Rabobank is fully uh, responsible for uh, loan management, for providing the loan, servicing the loan, providing uh, answers to questions that SMEs might have. The possibility is there for Biscuit users to get in- into touch with our, uh, with our customer service. Uh, so we help customers as uh, SMEs. Uh, we are fully responsible for the uh, origination of the loan and all the requirements that come along with it. it. But if people start in the Biscuit app, they might also call your call center and say, hey, it's not happening. So what happens underwater? (laughs) Well, when the customer contacts us, we'll explain how it works and we'll redirect to Rabobank. But we already paid a lot of attention to it in the user flow. So during the process, you can get help at any moment in time. And we're redirecting from our app directly to Rabo Support. Yeah. So Hessel, um, 
there's we see in the landscape uh, also I, I look very much always on the European scale we see a lot of attention moving since open banking from the consumer focus to the B2B space so you hit the right space from the minute go when everybody was still giddy about consumer offerings so congratulations on that one but the competition's heating up eh? there's uh, IOCAS and all sorts of people are either going after one segment, the, the lending or uh, the make it easy, the bookkeeping connection thing. What is on your sort of uh, roadmap, even, uh, even if it's not on your roadmap, what is your dream scenario for Biscuit to become eventually? You know, we're not going to hold you against this, but I would love to sort of get a peek inside your head. Like, what is my dream goal for Biscuit? What do I want it to become? Yeah, so, so when I started with Biscuit, I was inspired by WeChat. And WeChat, of course, is for consumers. Huh? All consumers in Asia use yeah. WeChat. And we want all entrepreneurs in Europe to use Biscuit. So it's a platform, a super app that bundles everything that's relevant for entrepreneurs. And we want to be the biggest in, in Europe in that area. Yeah. So what le- what bit of functionality would you love to add? I mean, we already sort of spoke about the fact that, yeah, I mean, yes, there are good bookkeeping inches, but would you want to put a mini bookkeeping in your own app or what, what else would you want to do? Well, there are various aspects. You mentioned competition. Yes, there, there, of course, there is competition and that's a good thing. But the most, the most competitors are offering... Uh, a, a, a specific yeah, solution niches, niches yeah. yeah and uh, we are bundling all of that so these are our own services but also services of others like embedded lending from uh, from Rabobank um, and we have been focused on focusing on invoice management payments banking integrations uh, but once you have these things it becomes easier and easier to add new things because yeah. you have the integration you have the data and uh, that leads to new use cases. So lending is one of them. You can think about insurance. I think having the data available to insurers offers great new opportunities to have customized in- insurance policies. And it's just just one example. Uh, you can think about mobility, HR solutions. Uh, it's, it's, it's very broad. Yeah. This is uh, nice. Hey, um, I've got a question to you, Thomas. So basically you say the solution is sold via Biscuit, but we are responsible. So basically, if something goes wrong in the whole customer journey, the people, uh, the end customer will call Rabel Bank. So do you also have, like, do you have the mandate or did you think of, you know, building a service organization around this? Because when people will start calling your call center, I mean, do you have specific people around this initiative or is it... Do they just come in the general Rabobank uh, call center? No, as I said, we're, <laughs> fully <equipped. laughs> yeah. we're, we're fully equipped as a team. Okay. Um, so we have a, we call them the customer success center. Yeah. It's a, a fancy title, but I think it also, also uh, holds merit, I think uh, is, yeah. is the right, uh, right saying, right? Uh, because they really help the customers and they really are focused on delivering the fastest value uh, of providing loans uh, towards our uh, SMEs. Uh, the journey within Biscuit, you can take take a loan f- up until 100K in one minute. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I read that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the next day, the money is, is in the bank account. Okay. Uh, and uh, I don't think you can find that service elsewhere in the bank. Uh, and that's because we are one team focusing on, on this service, on this Business ID. The whole and how journey. much do your own SME lending colleagues love you then? 
within the bank because they have their own targets. And we all know about the vertical targets in banks and how wonderful they can work together at times. Well, I, I think uh, they love us because um, we have uh, internally our innovations are governed by venture boards. Uh, and these are very critical in terms of are you um, contributing to the bank's goals? Uh, so, yeah. Or are you just uh, doing your own uh, funny stuff or, or is it actually worthwhile for the bank and the SMEs? And within that venture board also the, the head of SME is uh, present. Uh, of, for the whole yeah. Rabobank yeah. and it truly supports this uh, movement so I, I would say no, but it's a very important one because we all know the wonderful story and the gossip around the whole Franks and ABN EMRO thing where you know people inside ABN EMRO on the uh, foreign exchange desk yeah. were not too pleased with this brilliant new beautiful lean model uh, for foreign exchange uh, trade for SMEs uh, change is always hard but um, I think we have to change and yeah. to stay relevant and yeah. the bank knows it and yeah. the bank supports it yeah but you, I think that the, the catch is indeed that you bring the people into it and then of course later you can look at uh, reward models etc etc so but the, I think but uh, we have to say this of course in this podcast because one of the advantages in the, in the podcast is that you, you can't see the people right but um, here sitting at the table we see an entrepreneur which is quite obvious but we don't see an, uh, an, uh, an, uh, an obvious banker right I don't see a tie or a suit so um, within no, in this no in fact it's very easy to interchange those two lads yeah exactly <laughs> you work so, at a bank huh? who's what so, so, so <laughs> I'm trying to say basically that you don't look like a typical banker and um, but you work in a bank so with your capabilities and your views and your insights about open banking and better service etc I mean how does it how, how is it to work in a bank and uh, you know to to yeah. be like who you are and uh, I mean it's, he's basically saying how long are you going to be able to keep this up <laughs> no no no, no. Uh, maybe it's good uh, for the record to state that I do appreciate the Italian fabrics and the tailored suits okay uh, during my uh, my uh, interviews for, uh, within innovation within strategy I also wore the suit of course um, but um, I've seen a change in the bank especially on the innovation side when I started working on innovation within Rabobank uh, in the summer of 2018 uh, everybody thought okay we need to build up this innovation movement within the bank but it was really small mm-hmm. uh, and along the way the culture changed uh, and also the uh, I guess the appearances also changed <laughs> uh, I, try, I tried to stay young that way maybe. Good. Yeah, but I think also to the point that uh, uh, Jeff was ma- making, and uh, you know, I recently read also the, the the McKinsey report on fintech in Europe, etc. And the mantra is a bit that fintech, in that sense, is dead. Uh, the the hypey element of it, because you see that even incumbent banks are, you know, are embracing the technologies and operating models from fintech as a de facto standard. So, uh, the one worry I would have is. Um, are all fintechs going to be optimizers now or, you know, and where does the real innovation go? And, and you know, you see in, in the venture in venture land that that focus for the true disruptors is moving to anybody doing stuff for DeFi or on the blockchain because that, because really what fintechs are doing, what you're doing is very much has become common sense, which is good. So I think in many ways, um, there's still a lot of ground to gain because the difference between the two is becoming narrower. Do you experience that? Because the giddiness of the early days of 
bankers wearing sneakers who look totally stupid in them. Um, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but that's a different generation. You're the totally, you're the new generation there. So it goes natural to you. But we saw some awesome uh, examples of Money 2020 cringing, really. I thought, oh, God, put your brokes back on. She um, of the rainbow, yeah. She of the ING, right? Like the mm-hmm. mobile. This is the future of banking. Yeah, yeah don't go, let's telephone. not go there. Let's <laughs> not go there. This was not a particularly good experience. And actually, during COVID as well, you would have, uh, you would have all these uh, Zoom sessions. And then I can say this because it's my age group, I'm 59. You would see bankers of my age certainly dressing down at home. It was a horrible sight. <laughs> I mean, I would prefer the suits anytime. Let's not go there. That was the fun bit. Uh, seriously, um, do you see um, as well, and it's also a question to you, Hassel, where before the whole mantra about fintech was about growth, 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 exponential growth, and now it's also about capital efficiency. Huh? How much do you deal with the money we invest in you? And I don't care whether it's a VC or a partner, it's all money huh? and time and energy. Do you recognize that trend? Yeah, it's, it's bad, isn't it, in, in the market? If you read the, the LinkedIn feeds, it's all about layoffs and down rounds. So it's, it's pretty, uh, yeah, hitting the market pretty badly. Uh, I think fintech is, is absolutely there to stay, of course, uh, from my perspective. Uh, I think it will become less visible, though. Uh, and uh, you see the trend of, of open finance. And a lot of fintech products will exist under the hood. Yeah. So you don't have... 40 different apps anymore and it's very complex you have to find it you have to onboard you have Capital to uh, intensive huh? all the branding also yeah so you will see that financial products are merged into existing products and they will become quite powerful and uh, when i mentioned earlier our ambition to become the biggest sme platform it's not necessarily our app no. Uh, for example, we, we have a lot of services that we can also embed in, in turn uh, into other solutions. So we are embedding third-party services, yeah. but you can also embed our services. So you're in happy your also platform. to go white label. So you have Absolutely. your own route to market, we already but you do also that. have yeah. a white label route. Yeah, we're partnering yeah. with accounting systems, uh, your piece, payroll systems, yeah. and they offer it under their brand with their logo, their color. Yeah. Um, and we'll go much further in that. And do you see that as well, that you focus more on what people do, you know, as I say, the efficiency of the capital you invest in them, or are you pushing for growth in the companies that you look at in your innovation center? I think if it's not going to happen, but if uh, fintech would cease to exist, I think the biggest loser would be us, uh, the the users of uh, financial services, because banks, if they, uh, I think... If we look historically, we're not motivated by ourselves to change and to really radically improve the the use of our product for customers. So therefore, I think it's really important fintech continues to to push us. But I do indeed believe in uh, in the enablement uh, scenario where fintechs and banks work together. Because in that way, we can also together make the biggest waves. Yeah. And I think that's really happened in the last sort of year and a half. And, uh, you know... Less money in the market focuses the attention. So in that sense, it's not Very a bad healthy. thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I think the days are over of fintech shouting, we're going to disrupt the banks. Uh, that's a capital Kill intensive them. game. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's hard and it's better to, to partner, to work together. Yeah, but th- thanks to uh, initi- initiatives like Biscuit, I have a job I now have in the bank. 
Sure. Yeah, we're organizing ourselves to also to be able to cooperate with these fintechs. Exactly. And we need to. Uh, it's, it's it's a new uh, ball game for us. Exactly. So that's good. So so with that, I think we're at the end of this uh, this podcast, and um, I really would like to thank uh, our guests Hassel and uh, and Thomas with this um, actual working life embedded services between two companies which is very interesting thanks for having us yeah and uh, so thanks for uh, joining us at our coffee table on Saturday morning thanks absolutely and apologize to the ladies because they had to have find another show for today to lecture themselves and others on anything SME fintech and embedded banking I suggest you follow Biscuit and Rabobank closely on Twitter, LinkedIn and at rabobank.com and biscuit.nl Curious which music weekend favorites Thomas has brought to the podcast? Check out www.fintechcappuccino.com slash embeddedbanking Thomas Hessel, thank you both for joining us here at the Virtual Kitchen Table in the Fintech Cappuccino podcast. And thank you for listening to Fintech Cappuccino. Don't want to miss another cup? Subscribe to our podcast via Spotify, iTunes or wherever you would like to listen to your podcasts. And please do give us a like, a review, so many more Fintech Cappuccino lovers can find us. And please join us again on Saturday morning at 9. We'll have the coffee ready just the way you like it. Enjoy the weekend. Thomas Hessel, Bryant and all. Thank you.